Hello everyone, welcome to episode 43 of the Butts UK podcast. I'm your host for this one, my name is Alex. I'm joined by Tim and Kieran. And uh, as you see, Kieran's on the other side of the fence for this one. He's uh, he's handed over the hosting duties to me. So uh, without further ado, we can get straight into the episode and we're going to have a look back at the Dallas game. Week one is in the books and the Buccaneers came away with a victory, a hard-fought and a close-fought victory, but it does make them 1-0 going into week two. So, Tim, I'm going to come to you first. Just give us your initial thoughts on the game. Well, the first thing was not the game, but the great to see the stadium for the half fans back in to watch the Super Bowl champions kick off the season on Thursday night. Who would have said that two years ago? But it, it was a great game to watch. Uh, closer than the experts thought. I thought Dallas, especially on offense, really gave us a lot of what we could handle. But when you got the goat and one and a half minutes to go, you always knew that we we would somehow get that win out. But a fantastic game and a great way to start the season. Kieran, how did you see it? I agree. I mean, it's week one, first of all. So, you know, as we, we called one of our episodes last season, Don't Panic, Mr. Mannering. I think the same applies whether you win, lose or draw in week one. But it was nice to get the win. I think it showed resilience. Sometimes we say, you know, winning ugly is better. But, you know, I don't think it was ugly. I think Dallas, is, as, as Tim said, is a, a much better team, perhaps, than everyone gave them credit for. Definitely, I agree with those points there, gentlemen. So let's go and look at the offence to begin with. Kieran, I'll start with you on this one. Um, this is an argument or a topic that has been brought up over and over, and there's no point in us uh, putting it to bed. We might as well carry on talking about it. Tom Brady, not Mr. Step, has he? No, he looked agile. He looked um, supple, as a phrase I've not used to describe a male person for, for some time. But yeah, he was he was mobile and he he was doing everything that was needed to do. And I think he was in his head. He was in his own head. He was calm. There was none of this, you know, what down is it nonsense. He, he And I think and that that sets the tone um, for the rest of the offense. Uh, Tim, one thing I just want to bring up offensively, uh, I mean, obviously there's plenty to talk about, but one thing I, I did notice was uh, with in, ter- in terms of the running backs. Now, Rojo, of course, had a drop and he was then benched by um, BA. Fournette then has a drop, maybe a, a next play, if not a few, game, a few plays later, and he isn't. What, what was your take on that? My, my, my take basically is, listen to Bruce Adams, he said he wasn't right mentally after that drop. It seemed to really affect him. So he, he took the experience head and kept it there with Fournette. Our depth stops at those two at this moment, to be honest. So you cannot bench both of them. Fournette is the much better back to me and, and would, would and did a good job. But the one thing I would say is we lack balance. We didn't rush that ball, I think it was 14 times, I think, in the game. And we threw it 40 odd. We're not going to win every game. You know, I predicted 15 and 2. We won't do that with that balance. And towards the end of the Super Bowl run, one of our strengths was that offensive line and our Russian attack. Not quite sure why he switched away from that that quickly. Because Dallas's defense 
is certainly the weaker part of their game and will probably keep them out of the playoffs. Well, Tim, I, th- I think the reason we switched away from it is the run wasn't working. Um, you know, yeah, there were a couple of the four yards here and six yards there, but we're just running into a brick wall and we've got no desire to run off tackle or outside. We've got no desire to pitch the ball or, God dare I say, even run an option play or something. You know, it's just, it's it's up the gut every time. And it's, you know, I don't think it's what our O-line are best at. I think our O-line are brilliant at pass protecting, but asking them to open holes in a, in a power blocking scheme doesn't seem to be them. And we don't seem to be running sweeps and zones and, yeah. and any of the other clever stuff that we can do to try and counter that. But, but we've never been a sweep or a, or, or a wide running team. It has always been inside the tackles. And I agree with you, it's a frustration. The worst thing you can see is a running back running up the backside of the offensive lineman in front, going nowhere. And um, look at the touchdown in the Super Bowl. Fournette, where did he score it from? Wide with a pulling guard. But we just seem reluctant to do it. I agree. But one thing that we can say worked exceptionally well, gentlemen, is the passing game. Uh, Tom Brady, we've mentioned him already, absolutely superb. AB and Goldwing over 100 yards each. Uh, Gronkowski, two touchdowns, I think got about 90 yards. Our, our passing offense is as scary as ever, right, Kieran? I think it was. And actually, while we're talking about the um... Well, we're talking about the, the running backs. I kind of that's a good segue in because obviously this was our chance, first chance to see Gio Bernard um, playing, and actually um, on the couple of times he got in there, it seemed to be that that's got something that I think is um, worth polishing and, and, and sticking with as a as a third down back. I think he brings us something that certainly um, Ronald Jones, you know, is kind of a bit stone hands, and Leonard Fournette proved with that screen pass that became an interception. He's not necessarily the best receiver. So I think that that starts at the back, and I think I remember um, BA was asked in one of the presses why we didn't use the backs more, or did that influence with our passing attack? And, and yeah, BA, in typical you know risk no risk it no biscuit style, said yeah, we just push the ball down. We've got those guys. Why would we throw to these guys? But you know, it's all about you know the defense wants to compress the field and keep everything in front of them, and the offense should want to stretch the field. And as well as stretching it downfield, you can stretch it into the backfield as well. And I think you know, if you have to follow a, a running back out of the backfield, I think that opens up the passing game. You know that would certainly help Gronk and Cam and OJ. Um, you know, goodness help, we need we need to give OJ, OJ some help. You know, get getting open a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. You move it back outside. The linebacker's got to follow out, guaranteed to leave a spot over the middle. That's where Gronk, Breit, maybe OJ Howard, if he if he's got anything left in him. I'm not quite sure at the moment what what the what the Bucks are going to do then, but we got so many options. You know, I was particularly impressed with Antonio Brown. I I thought he was outstanding, and you know, are we getting the best out of Antonio Brown once again that the Steelers had a few seasons ago? Could well be, but when you can get open because you've got Evans and Godwin, vice versa. It's it's a phenomenal attack. So you're probably right. Why would we run the ball so much? But you're not going to get through the season and win every game, throwing 50 times a game. You won't. And, and that's a good point there, Tim. You know, the balance is so important. And the best yeah. offence do have that balance. So you raise a very, very good point there. Uh, you mentioned AB there, Tim. Uh, as you say, 
I think I agree with you. I think well, uh, I think he is looking like the AB at Pittsburgh. His he was fantastic on Sunday. Now, of course, my uh, sorry on uh, Thursday. Apologies. Now, of course, Mike Evans. We didn't see much of him uh, in the game. I think I'm, I'm. I think he might have been double cov- in double coverage quite frequently there. But that is something that is happening with Mike Evans fairly often. But that's nothing we need to worry about. I assume Tim because we've got. The, we've mentioned them already, but we've got these amazing other wide receivers and tight ends who can help in the in the passing game. Yeah, there's nothing to worry about at all. He's a he's a typical team player. Five five receivers. If I'm number five this week, I'll be number one next week. I won't bitch and moan about it in the week beforehand. And the one thing probably everybody says about well, he's going to go for eight one thousand yards. I don't think that really worries him now. He's got what he really wants, which is the Super Bowl ring. He's got the record already. That'll still be very difficult to beat. If he gets it, he gets it. But I don't think it's going to be the be-all and end-all for him. I think that's a really good point. And I think while we're talking about the, the, the receivers, the other one that we need to mention is Chris Godwin. So yeah. last, last year... Towards the middle to the back end of the season, Godwin had a bit of a bit of a case of the drop season, didn't he? And he, yeah, he had you know he had a big drop um, in the game against the Cowboys, and that would have really helped turn things around. But it seemed like I mean it was quite late in the game, so there wasn't a lot of time to tell. But it seemed like he snapped out of that straight away. So I, I, f- I think what we've also got is a much more resilient set of players now as well. Yeah, and we did it. You know, you did even see Tyler Johnson or you saw him on the field once. Scotty Miller, you didn't see him on the field at all. So there's even more in reserve to come. And they can't cover everybody. It's a scary, scary offense. And it's one that I love watching at the minute. And just going back very quickly to Mike Evans, I think it's very easy to say that he is Canton bound as well. This guy is going to be a Hall of Famer and he thoroughly deserves it. And what a team player as well. Let's now switch sides of the ball if we can, gentlemen. Let's have a look at the defense now. Um... Kieran, um, were you surprised by what happened to our defence on Thursday? I'll be honest. <clears throat> I am I am a little bit worried that the Cowboys might have exposed a bit of a blueprint for how to beat the Bucks. We all know that the front seven is immense and that the back four or five in the secondary, you know, aren't, they're not they're not a weakness, but they aren't as strong as that front seven. And I think that, plus a couple of injuries, um, and again, I think Bruce said this in the president, we got thin really quickly. Um, and I think without that pressure up front, it, it, it put them a little bit more on an island and exposed them a bit more. So again, I'm not panicking. It's week one. The, the, the Bucks are bringing in free agents to work and to make sure we try and got a bit more depth there. Um, you know, and I think, um, you know, they were, they were fine, but the fact they were really working SMB, um, and obviously he, he, he obviously was unwell, they were working Jamil Dean. They kind of thought deep and wide was where they were going to have some success with us. I guess the only thing is is that we know already the Cowboys are better than we thought they were. So I'm, I'm just hopeful that other teams won't be able to execute that nearly as well. I think a key thing to remember about this Cowboys offense as well is that prior to Dak going down, uh, I think it was. I think Dak was leading uh, the passing yards last season. So this Cowboys offense is not a not a bad offense at all. Um, Tim, even though passing wise, our defense struggled against the pass against the run, still as good as ever. Zeke was quiet. Yeah, Zeke was quiet. I I think uh, you know the one player I will pick out certainly of the front seven was Vida Vea. 
absolutely immense inside power, pushing centres back into Dak's face. But you've got to look at Dak Prescott as well. He's one of the top four or five quarterbacks in this league. Pairing with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, they are going to give people problems all through the field. So I agree with Kieran. We looked a bit weak, maybe a bit loose on the back end. But this was a really, really good offence. And a lot of teams will struggle to compete with that. But again, they become, we, we took you know one of the offensive players of the year out in, in Zeke Elliott very early on. And they again had nothing. We just didn't quite get the Dak Prescott as quickly as we were in the last, in, you know, in the eight game run last year. We were all over every quarterback we faced. Even Taylor Heineke was being moved out the pocket. We were there, but we weren't quite up to game speed or certainly up to the quarterback as, as, as good as we have been over the past uh, eight games. But it wasn't bucks of old in the sense that it wasn't that annoying thing where they were throwing to receivers that were inexplicably wide open. Mm-hmm. Every no. throw was contested. Every time there was a defender yeah. nearby. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with that. It's a little bit bend but don't break, but maybe not by design. Yeah, it was. You know, Jamel Dean got picked on early, mm-hmm. but he got up to game speed. I think is how I yeah. would word it. After a couple of series, and he started to play better. Carlton Davis came out a bit brilliantly because. It, they won't throw the ball his way. So as long as we can hold Jamal Dean and rotate a safety over, we'll be okay. Be you know, we, we've got six, seven weeks now without Murphy Bunting, so he's got to step up. I, I was going to mention Sean Murphy Bunting next, actually. I know Kieran has touched on him already. Uh, uh, I'll just throw this over to you both, so, uh, gents. So whoever wants to, uh, if you both want to chime in, please do. Um, how do you see our secondary without Sean Murphy Bunting uh, going forward for the time being? Because he's an integral part of that secondary. For, for me, it will leave Carlton Davis pretty much as an island for the next six, seven games because all the safety help will rotate over to, uh, to Dean's side. You might even see people like White and David dropping back more into coverage, which could, you know, dent a bit of our flexibility up front of where we may rush from. But um, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Fair play to Andrew Adams coming off the bench, did a real nice job. You know, we signed the boy Desir now, was, was an experienced player to the practice squad. So they're looking for that experience just for the next six, seven weeks. And another player that we need to mention, of course, uh, made his uh, a. Uh, a- in-season debut uh, on Thursday is Joe Tryon, although he goes by his uh, double-barreled name. Which I'll be honest, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember, Joe. If you're watching, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Um, JTS. Uh, JTS, that's it. We'll go with JTS. I like that, yes. Yeah. Um, like if you watch the Goldbergs, instead of JTP, <laughs> JTS. <laughs> that, that'll make it easier. <laughs> um, Kieran, I'll come to you first on this one. What did you, what did you make of Joe Tryon? He, he was rotating in and out with Shaq Barrett, so he didn't have a huge amount of snaps, but he did see some game time. Uh, I think he got more game time than perhaps I expected him to get, because mm. um, it's one of those things where typically a, a, a rookie or a drafted player goes in and it's about adjusting to the game speed. So, you know, you don't tend to have high hopes. And so rotating him in is about breaking him gently and you try and do it on non-critical downs. Uh, and it's good for giving, you know, Shaq and JPP and others, uh, you know, a spell. I, I thought he did well. Um, but, I, you know, and, and that's a testament probably to our expectations because anyone else you'd probably say was solid and did did the job. And, mm-hmm. yeah, but I think we're probably all expecting, you know, quarterbacks on crutches. So, you know, I think he did well. 
Absolutely. I think we've got a lot to see from him. Sorry, Tim, I see uh, yeah. you want to come in there. Any, any snap he can get in meaningful play can only be an advantage for him. He, he looked good in practice. He's looked good in pre-season. Now we'll see how he steps up. I think he's a phenomenal athlete. Speed off the edge. Could, could you know? It could be the making of him. But I think this position, he will drop more back into outside linebacker as we go. He, he's certainly learning from the best as well. You know, with J, yes. JPP and Shaq, he's got two great mentors there, but he's really going to have to step up his game if he's going to replace any, either of those two as starters for the time yeah. being. We know that the position is theirs. It, it, it's uh, a learning curve for him this year. Mm, I, I, don't, um, but, don't expect anything, a learning curve. Absolutely. I think obviously the key thing to remember as well is that the fact we did re-sign all 22 starters. So any rookie that was coming in, they're not going to be starting. They are going to be learning from these guys. But what a unique position for the Bucks to be in, or a great position for the Bucks to be in. Let's enjoy it while we have it, I'd say. So mm-hmm. let's, move, let's move on to the final side of the ball, and that is, of course, special teams. Um, now, there's only one gentleman that I can come to for special teams. So, Tim, I apologise, but if you want to say anything, please come in short. Please come in. Happy to but, hand over. <laughs> but we've got to go to our own special team guru, uh, critic, guru, I don't know, whatever. Mona. Whatever. Mona. <laughs> Mona. Um, so, come on, Kieran. Let's, so let's have it. Special bad, teams. And then, you know, Tim can come in with the good. <laughs> the coverage on punts was terrible. The, you know, the, the, the outside gunners... Their job is to not be blocked, get downfield and make that tackle and break down. Um, they were sometimes slow getting downfield. When they did get downfield quickly, they didn't break down. And so the the, the pump returner was just duking and, and, and had space. And then, you know, then, then taking it to the second level. There you go. That was the only bad thing about special teams. Tim, say all the good things. Uh, two players, Bradley Pinion, Ryan Suckup. Bradley Pinion, especially. Everybody will talk about Suckup's Final game winning kick, and why not? Pressure, that's what he's there for, and does it well. Bradley Pinion, I had a, look, I had a quick look at it because I did have time to do some homework. First punt, 65 to the 2, 42 to the 8, 49 to the 13. What more do you want off your punter? All in the corner, especially the first punt, 65 to the 2, right in the, in the corner. You can't do it any better than that. Kickoffs, didn't see them returning any kickoffs again. I know that's an NFL thing. So I'm really pleased with those two. I will put a quick shout out to Jaden Mickens on his return game. You know, the guy was lucky to make the team. And in fairness, he's come back in now. And his return game was excellent. I expected, when I, when I watched it Friday night, I expected to see Darden back there. And to see Mickens, tremendous, can't fault the boy, ex- excellent ever. Special teams, probably the best part of our game. And that's a really good point to pick that up, actually. And yeah. Mickens, you know, I've probably been hard on him for last year, but he seemed to have matured. Again, it's only one game. It's not a good sample, but he had some explosion and he didn't do the thing where he just got the ball and started running. Yeah. Yes, you need speed, but you also need vision. vision. Um, you need to follow your blockers. You need to know where the holes are. The pump return where he had the success, he actually took his time. And it wasn't mm-hmm. about just sprinting into a wall and falling over after eight mm-hmm. yards. So, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, it's probably the most surprising move on the whole roster. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and, and a good one. Yeah, it, it was refreshing to see a punt returner going to the edge, as opposed to, as you say, Kieran, as opposed to just going yeah. up the middle. Um, I mean, metaphorically speaking, you could say he's had a, 
uh, a bit of a, a fire lit up his backside. We've uh, <laughs> we've we've done. Um, Sorry, we've, yes, no, who's it coming with from? Darden, now? yeah. Darden, yes, thank you. With, with Darden being signed there, because we know how quick Darden is. He, mm. He's shown that already. And they, uh, I believe there was discussions that he was going to be uh, the returner. So maybe that's just up Mickens' game. And uh, it, for those Bucks fans who haven't heard, Jaden Mickens has now been re-signed to the active roster. So and I, I, he thoroughly deserves that based on the performance that we saw on Thursday as well. So uh, yeah. really good performance from special teams there. So you've heard what we've had to say on the game. Time to hear from some of our members now. So we'll start with Andy Hardwood. I'm sure it would have been a great watch for a neutral last night, Thursday night, of course. But, oh, my word, that was tough to watch for us, wasn't it? I think there was a few hearts going quite quickly uh, throughout that game. Uh, Tim, Kieran, how were your heart rates by the end of it? It, it, it was tight, but we knew. When, when the GOAT got the ball with 120 to go, Game was over. I was, I was less worried than I probably was in a lot of games last season. Mm. Uh, and you're both still with us in our lives, so your heart rates can't have been that bad, so I'll take it as a positive. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Hill, we definitely would have lost that game two years ago. Brilliant finish, but probably shouldn't have won it anyway. Too many turnovers and penalties. We haven't, we didn't discuss that, actually. It's quite nice that we didn't really discuss any negatives, but... The turnovers were, uh, that's a huge thing, you know, because I, I agree with what Stuart said there. Two years ago, we're losing that with the amount of turnovers that we gave away. Minus, <laughs> minus, three, minus three turnover differential, losing mm. the time of possession and penalties. Not normally a recipe for winning a game, is it? Yeah, definitely not. No, uh, maybe that's the Brady effect that we're having. Let's enjoy it. And Stuart, uh, simple. A win is a win. Agreed. Absolutely, damn right it is. And it yeah, feels, one and zero is always a great start. It feels blinking good as well. So absolutely, Stuart. Before we continue, we must, as always, say a big thank you to Butch Report for helping to promote our podcast. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to check those guys out their links are in the description below you'll also find our social media links please go and uh, click on them give us a like give us a follow we are a loving bunch i promise and while you're down there as well make sure you smash subscribe click that like button and turn on the notification bell so you get notified every time we upload and of course to our members we want to say a huge thank yous uh, some news just to give you as well we can say that we have now over 500 members which is just fantastic so to you all thank you ever so much it's so great to be connecting with so many buccaneer fans so and please keep coming on the forum keep interacting with us on social media make sure you turn up at all the events we're going to be arranging we can't wait to meet as many of you as we can the bucks are one and oh so now it's time to look ahead to week two and the buccaneers are back at the ray j and it's time to welcome the atlanta falcons Okay, so Tim, Atlanta are coming to town. Yeah, they are, uh, they're coming to town. What's your keys to the game and, and uh, or key or keys up to you? Don't mind whichever one you prefer there. And which player do you think we need to keep an eye on on the game on Sunday? 
the, the key to the game is it's not so much us. It's it's the Falcons. We need to shut down really one player from the Falcons in Calvary Ridley. Once we shut that down, I, I went back and looked at the Falcons game. They they were actually fairly poor. To be um, very polite about it, they were very good against the Eagles. There was no pressure from either side. I don't think we got much to fear from the Falcons as long as we can take Calvin Ridley out of the game. That that is my key part to to it. The Bucks really have got to show up, play efficient, professional football, which no doubt with Brady, he won't let anything else occur. And it should be a reasonably comfortable performance. The key for me is to see how the running game goes. Ronald Jones has been named back as a starter today, ready for Sunday. Let's see how mentally ready he is to take on that role. This could be a defining couple of weeks for him in his Bucks career. And is there any particular player you think we need to keep an eye on as well in the game there, Tim? Uh, I, I, I'm just keeping an eye on Ronald Jones particularly. That, that is my, my player for the Bucks to watch all day to see how he handles the game. Super, I like that. Kieran, uh, what about you? What's your key to the game and player to watch? You know, I, I also went back and I watched the I watched the whole 40-minute you know, game in 40 minutes and I just don't know what to make of the Falcons. There was so much preseason hype about how good they were going to be and then there was so much write-up after the game about how they got destroyed. And I don't think either is the truth. I don't think um, that they are as good as they're hyped to be. So I agree with Tim. But I also don't think they were absolutely... I think a lot of the... The, the, the score at the end of the game was kind of just situational football and needing to try and claw it back and, and, and it going a bit getting away from them a little bit. So I think the game was closer than the score probably dictates, you know, and, and you know, Tim said it absolutely right. Calvin Ridley shone for them as, as the player that was a difference maker. Um, but I think for me on their offensive side of the ball, the running back Mike Davis, I think he is going to be the key. A bit like um, Tim saying, rougher Rojo for us. I think he's going to set the tone. He's going to be the one that if he performs, um, it's going to give Matt Ryan the time that he needed because he certainly did need time. He wasn't getting a lot of protection. He wasn't getting a lot of time. Um, I, and, you know, I think if they can get their running game going, which is a big ask because it's the Bucks' defensive strength, isn't it? The, you know, the best running D um, in the league by you know, in pretty much every category. So I think, you know, the key to the game, I think, is to stop them running, which sounds a bit obvious, a bit odd, sorry, when you talk about Calvin Ridley, but I think everything will flow from that. We stop the run, then we get pressure, then we can pin our ears back, and then they become one-dimensional, and it, they're going to be, it's going to get ugly. And I really hope that, that that can be the case. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, I think Tim's absolutely right. We need to establish our running game and a bit more of a genuine commitment to it. It's not balance for balance's sake, but it is about making sure that the, the defensive linemen have to look up. The linebackers have to read. Um, and everything just is a split second. The difference between throwing the ball in two and a half seconds and three and a half seconds is so little in the NFL, but it means about a, a 30 yards difference on the field. So if we're going to get those sorts of big plays to Antonio Brown, there's got to be a genuine threat of the run. And so for me, actually, I think it's the linebacker core um, for the Falcons. Uh, and they're, they're pretty good. I mean, Dante Fowler... Um, and Dion Jones are the two that sort of strike me as, as probably the most talented ones there. Um, but, I, you know, I think that, that's the key. So it's going to be sort of not in the trenches, but in the sort of the next tier back. Yeah, I think you make some great, great points there, Kieran. In terms of my key to the game, I think 
it sort of links into what you're saying there, Kieran, particularly about Matt Ryan and the time or lack of time he had in uh, in their game over the weekend. I think my my key to the game is us getting to Matt Ryan. We know that he can throw the ball. We need to stop him doing that because he'll know that our secondary is certainly our weaker area of our defence. I think they'll struggle to get the run going just with how good we are against the run. But our secondary can leave themselves open. So I, my key to the game is getting to Matt Ryan as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. And that links into my player or players, shall I say, to watch. And that will be our front seven. They're going to be integral in getting to Matt Ryan to stop him passing that ball. I think if he can pass the ball, we could be in danger because he has got the ability to make those throws. So that, So those are my keys and my players to watch there. So let's quickly get some score predictions, please, gentlemen. Kieran, what's your score prediction? 35-7 to the Bucks. I think it's, again, that, that scoreline will do us justice because I think the game will get away from them towards the end. The seven is probably a long bomb the, to Ridley where a defender falls down or something like that, a sort of broken play. And I can, so I can see them. We won't shut them out, and that doesn't really happen in the NFL these days. But I think a comfortable victory in... And again, it would be great to hear a full, loud Ray J bowling over an opponent. It's like, you know, happy times. And Tim, what about your score prediction? Well, I'm going to be actually slightly bolder than Kieran here because I'm going to... The Falcons will score. They'll score field goals, certainly. They've got a great kicker. So they will get about 13, but the Bucks are going to get 41. 41, 13 bucks. Nice. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. Um, I'm a little bit more pessimistic, I'm afraid, gentlemen. Uh, someone's got to bring it back down to earth. Um, I think the Falcons will score a couple of touchdowns because I worry about our secondary. Um, and I know that if Matt Ryan does manage to find the time, and again, you've mentioned Calvin Ridley, I he is going to be a threat. So I think they're going to get a couple of touchdowns. I still think we're going to win, but I'm going 27-14 to the Bucks. So that's what that's what I think is going to happen, and that's okay. I, it is, but I hope. But I'd rather it was one of your two scores than mine. <laughs> you know, but but think about think about the the, you know, the waves of the season. We, we, we had the first game, which is a wake up call. We need to get things right. We've mm. got our weaknesses. The second game is about execution, and then we're on to you know the Rams, the fat, the Patriots. That's the yeah. point at which we need to be purring. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I, it can be a very good point there, Kieran. But I still prefer if it's one of you tools, your two scores rather than mine. Uh, so just before we finish off, Kieran, I, I'd like to hand over to you quickly because our forum was alive during the game on Thursday, wasn't it? It was. And again, so this for, for any American friends watching, obviously the game kicked off at 20 past one in the morning, Friday morning for us, and didn't finish till, well, it's gone past four o'clock. Um, we had our fifth largest forum thread ever. The discussion on the forum was endless and nonstop as, as the game vacillated. So we were the best team in the league and the worst team in the league. And we were going to win and we were going to lose. Uh, so it, it's just really good fun to follow the game with our with our other members. So if you are on the forum, you know, do come on during game time. And, uh, and it'd be lovely to see people. Definitely. Thank you, Kieran. Yeah, I'll, I'll just back with what you said there. It is a great place for our members to chat during games. So please do come along during the games if you want to chat with our Bucks UK members. And uh, we call it group therapy sometimes because it is certainly needed. So if you want to find most of us, that's where we'll be during game time. So all that's left for me to do now is to say thank you to Tim and Kieran for joining me for this one. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you, all of you, for watching or listening. 
Enjoy the game on Sunday and go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.